Welcome to Forte Catholic Radio. This is your host, Taylor Stroll. It's great to be in today. We're recording from the Red Sea Radio Studios in College Station, Texas. So however you are listening to, sh- to the show, whether on the radio here in Central Texas or somewhere in Oklahoma or somewhere in North Carolina or literally anywhere in the world, or I think podcast even might work in space, I hope that you are having a great day and that we can bring a little joy to your day as well. So I had a very joyful week. And we're going, we're going to talk about just about most of it throughout today's show. Now, Pam Marvin is our guest this week. She's going to be talking about Root Sin in the second segment. No, that's not like Root Sports. It's very different. It's talking about the sins that we have, the wounds that we have, and how we can be better people because, boy, don't we need that. Uh, the second thing that we're going to talk about today is an ordination that I went to. We're going to talk about a Seniors Day of Reflection that I spoke at that had some pretty fun moments. We're going to play a game with everybody's favorite, um, J.P. Quinn, and by everybody, I mean his mother. And then we're going to talk about a talk that Sam gave today that I took some pretty fun notes during. And uh, then we'll go from there and kind of see where the Holy Spirit will lead and guide us today. So this weekend, I went to the ordination, the priestly ordination of one of my friends. Uh, I watched someone's name be changed from Sean Stilson to Father Sean Stilson. Actually, they called him multiple times Sean Stinson throughout the ordination, and I wondered if that made the priestly ordination valid since they ordained someone that wasn't there. (laughs) Sean Stilson was there. Sean Stinson was not. But I had never been to an ordination before. It is a beautiful, beautiful ceremony, beautiful mass. It did not need to be three hours, but, uh, but other than that, it was phenomenal. Uh, if you've never been to one, here's what it looks like. There were, I'm guessing, anywhere between 80 to 100 priests from around the diocese there. I've never seen that many priests in one place before. I've seen about 40 if you go to like a Steubenville conference or some other kind of youth conference. They tend to, to file in. But apparently, if you don't have a room full of young people, more priests will show up, or if the bishop requires them to be there, some t- something like that. But there was some beautiful brotherhood seen throughout the Mass. Throughout, uh, Obviously, the bishop, it was just so cool to walk in. The first person I saw was Archbishop Gustavo, who I absolutely love for my time uh, going to school and working in ministry in San Antonio. He is one of my favorite bishops in the entire world. I love him to death. He's a great man. Walk into the church. First person I see, oh, hey, Archbishop. <laughs> so my wife and I are really happy. And then I take an Instagram story video with him in the back. It's like, hey, look, everyone, an apostle, right? Because we believe that the bishops are uh, have our direct lineage all the way back to the apostles that through ordination, through the imposition of hands and the prayers of this ordination mass, that a normal everyday guy like Sean Stilson, through the prayers of of the bishop and the gift of the Holy Spirit become priests, and he became Father Sean Stilson. It was awesome. Um, so throughout most of the Mass, the priestly candidates are kneeling uh, in front of the bishop, and the bishop is putting his hands on, 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 on their hands to bless their hands for the ministry that they'll be doing, putting his hands on their heads. They're um, obviously taking their vows of celibacy, their vows of obedience to the bishop, so it is it is this kind of interesting thing, and it's like a odd thing in our day and age where it's like the bishop asks them as part of their ordination, do you pledge loyalty and obedience to me and my successors? 
It's like that's an odd. Like I don't ask that of Sam as my producer. Do you pre- do you pledge undying loyalty and fealty to me, Sam? Her silence is the answer there. No, she does not. Thanks for paying attention, Sam. We love you. Um, but it was really cool at the end, as part. And the bishop says this at the end of mass. Once the once these six men who were ordained to the priesthood had fully become priests through this prayer. Um, it's part of the small, tr- small t tradition of of the of the ordination mass is that those six new priests who just became priests give their priestly bl- blessing to the bishop. So all throughout mass, they have been kneeling and in obedience to the bishop. And now the bishop, in his humility, like Jesus washing the feet of the apostles, washing the feet of the disciples. It was awesome to see these six men who had just become priests pray for and give their blessing to the bishop. Just a really, really cool day. And then we went to his first mass uh, the next day. And it was just cool to see my friend have superpowers. He can now change uh, bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. He can now, in the name of Jesus, in the person of Christ, forgive sins in the confessional. It's just so cool for a guy that I hung out with now has superpowers. I'm friends with a superhero and his name is Father Sean Stilson. I almost said it wrong after I was making fun of the other people saying it wrong. He's been on the show before. He shared his vocation story. Check it out. Just search Forte Catholic Sean Stilson. All right. The second thing that I have to talk about is uh, last week I did something that I haven't done in quite a while. I've actually never done much. I've done one time before. I spoke at a Seniors Day of Reflection in the Diocese of Dallas. And you're all thinking, oh, last week was graduation week. So the Diocese of Dallas must have brought together all these graduating seniors to have a day of reflection. Taylor works in youth ministry. That makes sense. You would be wrong. I did a senior's day of reflection for the uh, Claudio Mora uh, is a new friend of mine. We met through Instagram and he brought me in for this event for the Diocese of, Mar- or the Diocese of Dallas Office of, Office of Marriage and Family Life for seniors as in like senior citizens. So I went in and it's like, okay, this is an odd fit. It's me, loud me from the radio, talking to these to these senior citizens. I cannot tell you how much fun I had. It was so much fun talking to these talking to these men and women uh, with so much wisdom, talking to them about how they still have a place in the church, that they are still the church of today, all the wisdom that they can give back and how the church can still provide things for them as well. We had a lot of fun laughing together. It was great. So, oh, and also, Sam, I haven't even told you this yet. While I'm talking, I've, I've only ever talked to seniors one other time. While I'm doing this, so this is kind of new territory for me. While I'm doing this, two of the ladies liked my presentation so much that uh, they invited me to come speak at their Advent dinner at the parish for the women of their parish. So in November, because I spoke at a Seniors Day of Reflection, I will now be the keynote speaker at a women's Advent dinner wow. in November. I guess you can use, didn't you use like a workout app that was just for women too? I did. I did the Bible study for um, women, how to lose weight. And I realized one day in that it was for women. Right. And I uh, did it for about a week and then I quit. <laughs> You can use some of that material. I can. I I probably won't, though, because I quit. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, 
we have a secret individual that's been on the phones this entire time. He has been waiting patiently for about 30 minutes. As he has been not recording. been waiting patiently. He's been messaging been me. Messaging you. So here's <laughs> the night before, before the Seniors Day Reflection. I went to go stay with the one and the only J.P. Quinn. JP built this studio, has been a guest on this show. He's an avid listener. He supports me on Patreon, which all of you should do, you punks. Uh, and he's a genius and a weirdo. And last but not least, has way too much time on his hands. So he finds these great ideas for the show, which we are going to do now. JP, what's up, my man? How's it going? Oh, so low energy. <laughs> I thought what, it was, what are you, Mark Hart from the Catholic Guy Show? How, how am I supposed to be more high energy than how's it going? I, I think. How would you say that more? Like, how's it going? Exactly. That's the Forte Catholic way of saying that. I guess so. I'm still at work, so I can't yell that loud. Yeah, your boss is doing your work, and you, I got you out of work because you've been waiting for like 30 minutes, and your boss is doing yeah. your job. So congratulations, and you're welcome. Yeah. Well, you know, that's how I roll. So here's what we're going to do. You had this great idea for the show that you and I played this game the night before the Seniors Day of Reflection called Google Feud. Why don't you explain this game to the uh, the people who are just sitting on pins and needles waiting to hear? So, so let me preface this by pointing out, anyone who wants to go play this at home, it is not always of a clean and appropriate nature. So just throwing that out there. But Yeah, I, the I, will be, I will be um, censoring it as we go through. Um, <laughs> you, you'll never know any, some of the things that I see. Right. And so what it, what it does is it, it's a website you can go to and play this game where you type in responses and try to guess answers uh, to four different categories. Uh, I don't know which category we'll be playing, probably questions, because that's the most fun. And it will give you the beginning of a question that most people or many people uh, have tried to Google over the years. And so it will say something like, why do dogs blank? And then you try to fill in the blank with the most Googled responses as if you were auto-completing that question in Google, in the Google search bar there. Uh, and then, you know, it's like, why do dogs yawn? Oh, that was the number three answer. The most, third most Googled question that started, why do dogs blank? Uh, and you hardly ever win because it's never the things you would expect it's, people to be Googling. It's just simply ridiculous. So we're going to get right into this. So we're going to play one in every category. There are four categories. Okay. We're going to play. We're going to try to get through one each. So I will be keeping score. I built a, a little Excel spreadsheet for you guys. JP will be playing against our lovely producer Sam. She definitely has more hair, but does she have more brains than JP? We're about Probably to find not. out. Probably not. So our first. I don't one, know. Google brains is different. Google brains. No one will be good at this game. So Sam, you'll go first because Great. you're a lady. TV show about. TV show about about blank animals animals she says that's incorrect so uh, JP it is your turn TV show about TV show about housewives house oh, that's a good one wives oh all right Sam you get the you get the final guess unless you get it right TV show about Houses, like rebuilding houses? Houses. Eh, incorrect. Well, you know. The correct answers were in order. Scientology, time travel, aliens, triplets, Queen Elizabeth, 
either U.S. or us, I'm not sure, hackers, Detroit, missing persons, or the president. Congratulations. We're moving on to the next round with everybody having zero points. So obviously, <laughs> if you, you know, 10 is the, uh, is the most points that you can get. Okay. So if you get the best answer, you get 10 points. If you get the worst answer, you get one point. Let's move on to people. People, I failed at blank. JP, you're first this time. I failed at life. Life is the number three answer. So you get 8,000 points, JP. Wow. The game where everything's made up and the points don't matter. They actually do matter. They decide our winner. Sam, let's, let's go with you now. I failed at, right? That's what it I says. failed at. I failed at technology. Technology. Dang it. Oh, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> she literally just failed at technology. That was beautiful. Uh, JP, how about you? I failed at school. That better be number one. <laughs> not even a, not even on there. She's the worst. This is ridiculous. You're ridiculous. Sam? Google. I get to go again. I failed. You are the other contestant. At. I don't know. I failed at relationships. Relationships. Eh, incorrect. I have terrible answers. Uh, I don't know what that word means, so I'm not going to say it. Sneaking out potato. Everything. Being <laughs> a mother. Everything in my life. My dream. College. My job. Being a daughter. Ouch. I, I don't know what the top one is. I'll look it up later. I think there's something wrong with our world. That I think you're yeah. absolutely correct. That's so sad. Names. So you have to complete the name. Anthony. Anthony Blank. Hawkins. Or Hopkins. Yeah, that's that's the word I, I going to put Number five, Sam pulls in with 6,000 points. Good job. JP, your turn, sir. As I know that you will appreciate as a basketball fan, I'm going to throw out Anthony Davis. Davis. Oh, that's the number three answer. 8,000 points for JP. Boom. Sam, Anthony. Uh, I don't know if this is actually his last name. Anthony. Something Hitch. Is, is that a name? Anthony Hitch something. Anthony Hitch something. Is that what I'm typing in? Hitch. Hitch <laughs> something. He's it, the one who wrote the Psycho movie. Is that? Is that the same person? Anthony Hitch is incorrect. <laughs> dang it. What's his actual name? Are I don't you know what you're talking Alfred about. Alfred Hitchcock? Oh, dang it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't just redo the game and call him Alfred. Uh, JP, it's your turn. I am going to get, I don't know if I say it correctly or not, but Anthony Bourdain. How do you spell uh, that? How, guy? How, do, how would you like to spell that? I have no clue. Bourdain. B- can you just see the answers already? No. Well. Oh. You could oh, play that way. Oh, you got. It gave you two answers. I don't even know how you did that. Anthony Bourdain what? and, by the way, I spelled it right. You got Bourdain and Bourdain Detroit. So another 8,000 points. Congratulations. <laughs> I don't know what Sam's doing. Sam, it's your turn again. Okay. I was trying to press it lots of times. It was doing things weird. Uh, yeah, don't do that. Okay. What's my question? Anthony. <laughs> Again with Anthony? I thought we were done with no, this round. you haven't gotten three wrong You keep yet. going until we get three strikes. Oh, no. That's how this works. Anthony. Anthony. Who? I'm not good at this game. Anthony I don't know. Anthony who? Nope, know that's any, incorrect. I don't know JP? any other Anthonys. 
Yeah, I've run out of Anthony's as well, and I don't know if he listens or not, but I'll just give a shout-out to my dear friend, Anthony D'Ambrosio. I knew somebody was going to say that. That is incorrect. Anthony, yeah, got to be wrong. <laughs> no one's Googling that. Anthony, the one that was the uh, mayor of, I think, New York that is now disgraced. Anthony Anderson, Anthony Mantha, Anthony Rizzo, Anthony Hamilton, and Anthony Eden. All right, we have one and a half minutes left. Final one. Everything tastes, Sam. Everything tastes... Old good. Old good. Good. Nope. Everything tastes good was incorrect. JP. Everything tastes like chicken. Like oh, chicken. Eh, incorrect. Oh, I definitely <laughs> thought that was an answer. Sam. Everything tastes bad. Bad. <laughs> Sam, we're getting some points. 5,000. Go, JP. <laughs> Everything tastes bitter. Bitter. Oh, no taste. Oh, that's the number. You've gotten all the number three answers. Another 8,000 points, JP. <laughs> all right. I think, we can go, uh, I think we can go ahead and stop. We're going to call this because it's JP fine. is winning 32,000 to 11,000. So he, he, here's the deal with this. I was, I was talking to JP about this game. We were playing it. I was like, okay, what are we going to talk about on the show? And I think a lot of times as the church, we are like this like all these people on Google, answering the wrong questions. We think we know the answer, and we're like, what the heck? Why isn't that on there? But we as a church, me as a radio show host, we need to be answering the questions people are really asking. Instead of just teaching about the transubstantiation, the transfiguration, which are awesome things, if people don't think God exists, what does it even matter? we got to answer those basic questions before we try to take people deeper so otherwise we'll look as ridiculous as sam and jp did during this game we've got to smell like the sheep like pope francis says we have to be amongst the people so that we can know their questions so so that i'm not a hypocrite i'm going to ask again we've done this before and it's gone really well send in your question topics to me uh, questions or topics for the show to me i'd love for you to uh, submit your question or topic in the itunes review section type in forte catholic go leave a review in your review leave a question that you'd like us to talk about or you can send it to my social media at taylor Schroll on instagram twitter or forte catholic on facebook uh, jp thanks so much for coming on man see you later boy that was so much more energy. Guys, we'll be right back with Pam Marvin talking about Root Sin. Stay tuned. Thanks, Sam. Hey, I just wanted to stop and take a moment to tell you to go visit the website for all your Forte Catholic needs. F-O-R-T-E Catholic.com. You can find old podcast episodes. You can find info on my music, on my speaking. You can find booking information. If you want me to come out to your parish or diocesan event or school, I would love to go check it out. F-O-R-T-E Catholic.com and enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am here with the host of another show here on Red Sea Radio, Miss Pam Marvin from Red Sea Roundup. How are you, Pam? I'm doing awesome. Thank you for having me. I like being over here in the non-driver's seat for a change. That's kind of cool. Yeah, so you do, uh, you're one of the hosts for Red Sea Roundup, and I was yes. on your show just a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and we fought over the chair that I'm currently sitting in. No fight, in. no fight. 
Oh, it was a fight. You won because <laughs> I won that time. Yeah, yeah because it, it was your show. That's it was your, right. literally your show. That's a, a figure of speech, but it actually was your radio show. Mm-hmm. And we both share the same host seat for some. It's weird how we pick those things. I know that other hosts sit in different chairs. Oh, do they that, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. That. Yeah, it's, it's so very odd. I don't know why this. <clears throat> what is it about? We're just sitting on a round table. And uh, yeah. I'm the king and you're Lancelot, I guess. Uh, So I just want to say that I really was looking forward to this because I could finally turn the tables and win. Now I'm winning because I'm back in my chair. That's right. And you're in the loser's chair. And I will always let you in. I'm I'm so happy to be in the loser's chair. And we, we, you see, we talked about this a little bit that I, yeah. I know that you're a very holy woman <laughs> and, and from your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, in comparison to me, I mean, it's, no, it's not there even you go again. <laughs> she loves my self deprecation. <laughs> that one's actually very true. So, oh. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know when you say that you're happy to let me win. I don't know if you're being a good mother or if you just know that that hurts me so much that you just keep <gasps> oh. saying it. Because I want to win and I want people to feel bad when I beat them. No, and you're just you like, I do don't care not. at all. Oh, no, you do not. <laughs> no, well, it's it's this thing that being married has taught me that you have this natural... I have, I'm a very competitive spirit, okay? I grew up that way. My dad's a coach. He was a basketball coach. All my life, I felt very competitive because my root sin of vanity makes me want to be better and do better and look good and look at me and I'm so awesome, right? And so since I've really been working on not caring about that kind of stuff over the years, it's taught me to, you know what? The um, the last will be first. Dang it. I forgot that one. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, truly, Lord, you know? And I can remember when at first I started – Feeling it in my bones, like I'd really been prayed the humility prayer for a while, and then which is horrible. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't do that one. I've, I've I couldn't tried before, and it I just get into it, and I'm just laughing at myself because it's ridiculous. Well, what I encourage you to do on that one, which is, is take the line that's the hardest to say, just one line. Which is the one you just want to and just choke throw on? That one out and don't <laughs> pray that one. <laughs> that's the only line that you. That's the only one that you need to pray. Is the one that you're like, oh, this is catching in my throat. I can't say it. I'm sitting here reading that prayer. I'm like, this line isn't in line with Catholic teaching. I'm like arguing with it theologically just so I can get out of it. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned root sin, which is yep. the reason that we had we're having you on because you came to our our staff retreat now a week and a half ago. Because you're like our staff's second mother. And, oh, and, thank uh, you, because I love y'all so much. <laughs> most of us live far away from our mothers now. Uh, not all of us. Some people, like our producer here, still live at home. Um, but uh, most of us live far away from our mothers, and you are our local mm. mother. And, and uh, you came out to talk about root sin and about this inner healing. You kind of mentioned it already. So I, I want to, to get into that. What is root sin, just on right. a basic level? Basic level. I'm so glad you asked. I love getting the opportunity. Basically, in root sin, we have that's been delineated, and the origins of, of are not really known specifically. Who ever said root sin of vanity, sensuality, and pride? No one. We've done a lot of research and not found a definitive answer to that. And so when I was introduced to that about ten years ago, that was just really eye opening for me to. Say, oh, wait, you mean all of our sins can be categorized in these three main ones? And what that does is then helps you 
to be more self-reflective and from what area that you're reacting to stuff because of our own original sin is going to, let's say, bubbles to the, the top in the form of pride, vanity, or sensuality. And when you become really aware of that, it's like you have to name your enemy before you can actually fight your enemy. And so that's where it came about. Sam Shepard. Oh. <laughs> you're the enemy, yes. No, she's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Enemies can be beautiful. <laughs> oh, that's so true. So she she thinks back in her vanity to junior high. My all of my enemies were beautiful. That was the problem. <laughs> so true. I get that. So you know, if you want just a basic definition of each one of them, it's it's basically a um, you're placing all your trust and all of your um, hope, so to speak, in say sensuality would be in comfort, you know, and in pride, it's a, a ungodly self-reliance. And then with vanity is you put a lot of trust and hope in the opinions of others, so human respect, so to speak. And um, that's where you work from. Okay, so once you are awakened to that, like what, you know, and that takes some time too. You got to really pray about it and sit with it and, um, ask Jesus, you know, please, you know, I really take that one scale, not all of them, Lord, because I can't handle all of them at once, but take that one scale off my eye where I can see where I am sinning the most. And, and you, I want to have one scale. I have a blank no, 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 in no. my eye. I said only, no, 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 only take one <laughs> off at a time. I, oh, gotcha. I'm, I'm covered in them, gotcha. covered in them, but, you know, just one at a time because I can't take too much, you know, because <laughs> I'm sensual too, you know, so. <laughs> Being able to have that self-discovery, because I find that, you know, Christ is such a gentleman. He's going to just do it slowly at a time where we can handle it if we're honest. And, you know, it scares me when I go to him and say, okay, I'm ready for another one. And he, he'll he reveal it to me. And it's like, ooh, yeah, maybe it wasn't, you know. Um, but this has been a tool for me to unpack where I go into error. And I want to say a little bit more about sin in my definition, I say my definition, a definition that really works well for me is sin. A priest once said in one of my silent retreats was this, where do you break the love? Where do you break that unity? Where do you hurt Christ, right? That is the proverbial sin. And I may also um, paint it this way is when we act from our own selfishness and who we are, our ego, so to speak, and without regard to what Christ wants or what other human beings or what's good, that's another type of sin. It's just that selfishness is is another way to put it, too. Right. And I, so I've been privileged to hear this on a number of occasions. I went to you and Miranda Wolachowski's, one of y'all's, uh, y'all's first, I believe. It maybe, was, yeah. Uh, workshop right here downstairs from mm-hmm. the from the studio. And I went to this thing and it blew my mind. And I was like, all oh, the people that work at a blaze need to hear this so we brought both of you in to come do an in-service for us last year mm-hmm. and then now you're just part of our now you're part of our training like you right because there's our, more to the story right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i i hear something new every time and as as we were preparing for today i pulled up my original notes from the first time i went and then i pulled up my notes from from last week and so what y'all do is a, is a couple things first help us identify what is our kind of go-to of these three roots. I like to call it sin tendency. What is your sin tendency? Uh, All of them. But (laughs) specifically, specifically for me, um, I thought pride would be number one, but it was actually sensuality, which we were talking about, the the comfort and like the least effort, no suffering. 
and which is funny. Like uh, we joke with our staff is that, uh, you know, I'm in the religion that is the best at suffering and I'm the worst at it. It's like, that's the biggest thing. It's like, you know, we have, we're sitting right under a crucifix. It's like the, Mm -hmm. the symbol of our faith Mm -hmm. is suffering. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. And and then we've got pride, which is a, a very close second. Uh, my pride is mad that pride didn't win. <laughs> oh, I like that. Okay. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's the relying relying on myself. So uh, obviously, you you want us to identify these things, and it's kind of I all that you know seven deadly sins. All all these sins can can be put under these three umbrellas. Absolutely. And then the whole purpose of this is to find healing, because essentially what you guys are saying, or you ladies are saying, is that a lot of our sin tendencies come from wounds that happened exactly. in our past, either, either bad things that happened to us or bad things that we did that we look back on. We're like, dang it, I really was an idiot, or I really did mess up. So what? how do the wounds play into these root sins? Right. Well, I mean, I can give you just an example. I think anecdotal examples are probably the best one. In in my particular case, I, I had kind of really known that I had this thing about human respect and that desire, you know, that competitiveness. I want to win. I want to be the best and be number one. You know, I had that really going on. So I knew that my root sin was vanity. So now I had been working on that for a while. And then I started getting into more of the inner healing. So this was a whole progression over the span of about eight to 10 years for me. And I was able to go to the Be Healed workshop, read the book first um, with Dr. Bob Schutz. And he has a list of the seven deadly wounds, okay? And one of which, which I have a, a few of them, but the, the, the most predominant one for me was rejection. So somewhere in my childhood and along the way, I bought this lie that I'm not good enough. I can't do it. I don't have what it takes. And I've been living from that, okay? See the lie? Then the lie helps me to react from, I want you, I want your approval and I want his approval and I want to win so I can get acknowledged. I just want to be loved. But I have a really cool thing I love to tell that my that sin is what actually brought me to Jesus. So I grew up in a home that has I, – I heard another word for it called a nullifidian, like a nothing nullifidian home. I thought it was very interesting. Wait, did you make that word up or no, you found I, it? Oh, okay. I found it, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah it does sound kind of made up. So <laughs> – I, I, I always was looking for that source of love from my vanity, wanted to be loved, right? Well, I did find it in Christ. Oh, thanks be to God, right? So you see how that rejection wound then started making me work from a desire for human respect, which was an ungodly desire. I wasn't looking towards Christ. I was looking for humans to to get that feedback on who I am. And so then I've spent the last several years turning that gaze and still do turn that gaze to Christ to say, you know, am I doing this according to what you want, according to what you desire, irregardless of what the human beings around me may say? Irregardless is a made-up word, by the way. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. It's it's just regardless. Anyway, <laughs> I, see, I, you taught me a word, and I taught you That's that a word right. that you thought was a word wasn't a word. I we're think, just, I'm going to Google just that. We're just helping each other. You just you win. So, I win. So <laughs> se- the seven deadly wounds, um, yeah. I was looking at this. and So good. One so of the, good. One of the lines... It's funny because the second time that I, thir- second and third time that I heard the workshop, I actually took more notes because the first time I was just like shocked into yeah, it was like what? the speaker, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I didn't take as many notes, um, but kind of combining two of them, I, ha- I have the seven deadly wounds kind of pulled up, and the hopelessness. It's like okay, because that's something that I, that I've struggled with, especially like coming from 
from my last job, like seeing a situation that I wanted to fix. I tried to fix for two years. I couldn't fix it. And then like having to leave, mm -hmm. defeat it. Right. Mm. And, and, uh, the identity belief is like, things will never get better. Mm. Like this situation will never get better. I will never be good enough to, to fix this situation. And, and these are some of the lies that you've bought. Right. Oh, yeah. See, I'm and, getting more insight. Yeah. Now. And so like the line that I wrote, this was, this was the first time that I went to the session. Um, because I was like, when I went to the session, I was still within a year of that job. And I realized for the first time that my hopelessness comes from my pride because I feel like I can do it all on my own, on my own. I can fix with, it. With, with, yeah. And then when I can't, then I'm hopeless and I'm like, nothing will get better. <laughs> it's That's like, right. If I just been smarter, better or whatever, right. I could have done it. Yeah. Right. Instead of obviously relying on God and then giving situations that can't, that I can't fix and that even like, I mean, God could fix them, but like. God works with people. And if there's a whole group of people that don't want this situation to be fixed, right. sometimes you have to walk away from the situations, right? Right. But well, but the, I, I thought that was really interesting. It's like I, I feel hopeless because of like my mistake way previously in pride and then because I thought I could do it on loan. And then I realized that I can't and then I go to God. Mm. But then I'm already hopeless. That like – and it was this thought. And I was even praying with it last week uh, when we were at the retreat. Of this thought, like, oh, I used to grow in holiness. I used to continue to get better. It's like I've peaked. Like I can't get any better. Not not uh, saying that I'm a saint, but that like I can't be a saint. I, I can be mm, a good Catholic. I can't be no. great. I can't take that next step. And and I think it's because in my spiritual life a lot in the last couple of years, I'm trying to rely on my own power. Like I can do this. Right. I can stick it out for the you know time in prayer. It's like no, like. <laughs> Help. Ask for help. So Okay, I have a really great line for you. Do I it. use this sometimes. So when you're feeling like you're not progressing and the hopelessness comes or whatever, you realize, okay, that's my pride, Lord. So if I'm not growing in holiness, that's on you, Lord, because I'm asking for it. <laughs> it's your fault. And now. it's getting you up. It's not Taylor's not without his grace. Not without his grace, Lord, right? And so when we're really with anything, like when people who, who struggle with addri addictions, right, they need that grace to be able to overcome it. It's not all on their own and just the whole white knuckling it thing. They need God's grace. Same with the unholy self-reliance. So how do these – like we, we, we've been talking about these wounds. So how does this healing come about? This healing of like, oh, you've shared about how in, in your childhood and how there's been – there was hurt and there's healing. Mm -hmm. What does this healing, price, healing process begin to look like? Well, I, I would say, I mean, I can only talk from my personal journey, but it, when you first start to just in, just become aware, I mean, when I first became aware that that's what I was doing, I would say that a lot of my injury, my hurt, my pains reduced by, let's say, 50%. And so it still happens. I still get, like I said, I get punched right in my rejection wound on occasion, but I can recognize it. And I know that's a sin tendency. And so the healing really is a matter of you're getting back to the truth. How fast do you get to the truth of who you are in Christ? How fast do you get to that truth? Two days, three days, 10 seconds? It just depends. 10 years. <laughs> it could. Certain things. Absolutely. Well, hey, it's been great having you on. Uh, see, you, it's been an interesting kind of journey with me and this root sin and you because – Right after I went to the Roots In workshop, I talked about it on the air. Mm. So I just, you know, like I do with most things, I stole someone else's content, made it my own, and then put it on the radio. So uh, then you came on th around this time last year. I think it was in July last year. 
in this very small studio, I think there were 11, 12 people right after camp because your daughters had gone to camp and we talked exactly. about summer camp. Mm-hmm. And and you, I, you know, we played a game where it was the kids versus you guys. So you, you came on. And then at the retreat last week, you yelled at me and you're like, I've never come on the show. Why haven't you invited me? I'm like, well, dang it. She came on. We talked about it. Oh, that was me that talked about it. She came on, but it wasn't an interview. It was her kids. So sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad we finally. I'm glad my kids get to take advantage of y'all's holiness. Sam's holiness. Uh, so I know. Fam hates it when I'm self-deprecating, but uh, it's the only thing that gets me through the day. <laughs> so <laughs> you guys, the two of you have a um, a lot of great things going on. You are doing these um, these sessions, these day retreats. Um, Fairly Happy regularly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've got a book proposal going on. You got all kind of stuff. So right. here's what I want to do. We got 30 seconds. I want to talk about uh, two things that you're involved in. The Be Healed Conference is coming to Brian College Station, February 9th. It can get into right. all of these, all of this healing idea. Absolutely. And then you're also doing a day of equipping on November 2nd, and I put thirds. I don't think that's it's third third. Third. Second and third. Second and it's, third. It's JP2 Healing Institute's coming to town, and we're going to help them out to try and get people to get us on the road to healing. Even better than Santa Claus coming to town. Pam, thanks so much for coming on. Thank we'll you. talk to you soon. Guys, we'll be right back with our final segment for the day. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. We're gonna talk more about the faith and laughing and Sam and many other things. Yes! That was probably the worst singing intro to segment three we've ever had. You are so welcome and I'm glad that you stuck it out. You are a phenomenal person. God loves you and so does everyone else. Hey, Sam! We're going to talk today about a talk that you gave at our staff training today. Are you ready for this? I'm a little afraid. You should be because I didn't prep you for this at all. But you prepped so much for today's session and it went very well. And here's how we're going to do this. So, Sam, do you remember back on episode 83 what the fourth word I said was? No. I'll give you a hint. It's the same fourth word every time. Catholic. Welcome. But very close. What's the up? fourth word? Oh. Welcome to Forte Catholic. Yes. So I, I was. Wait, is what's up two words? Two. Yes. Huh. Even if it was one, you'd still be incorrect. Dang it. <laughs> what's up and welcome to Forte Catholic? Well, I just did welcome to Forte Catholic. So that's right. Well, well, what's up is definitely at least one word. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) Okay. So Sam gave this talk today. And during this talk, I was like, oh, you know what would be funny? Stealing an idea from a young lady in Sioux City, Iowa. So (laughs) back on episode 83, we talked about my trip to Sioux City and how I went to this parish And spoke at their youth ministry. And while I was speaking on the topic of spiritual warfare, 
this young lady was taking notes and took almost everything I'd said out of context. And then some pretty serious, you know, like regular notes, like actually good spiritual things. And I was like, this may describe my ministry more than anything else. Half ridiculous and half things helpful for you in your spiritual life. So without Sam knowing, and actually without Sarah knowing who I stole her notebook from because she was across the room, I took Sarah's notebook. And started taking hilarious, at least what I think were hilarious notes. Sarah seemed to appreciate them when she came back to her binder. I was like, what the heck just happened to my notebook? And then she was like, those were actually pretty funny. So here's how we're going to do this. Sam was talking today about what? What was your topic? Relational ministry. What does relational ministry mean, Samantha? It's talking about having a relationship with somebody and building trust before you kind of move into any other topic, like trying to teach them about something like God or the big topics. You want to start with knowing where they are and preaching to them where they are. Okay. So every time you give a talk, you have some kind of flow, right? Like you have a certain amount of points that you want to hit in a certain order, same way that I do the show prep, right? It's like, I don't write everything down, but it's like, oh, I have this bullet point. Like, like my notes right now say Sam's talk notes, episode 83, girl took hilarious notes in my talk. We shared them on radio. Like the, That's my notes for this segment. That's all we got. But okay. at least it gives me a little bit to go on. And then I have a picture of the notes that I took today. So how we're going to do this is we're going to take away all the control from you. We're going, you have no control over the flow of this talk anymore. You gave it earlier. I am going to give you these in order. So you are going to teach us about relational ministry through my lens of you saying it earlier. I'm very afraid. Good. So all I'm going to do is I'm going to read a sentence. You are going to give us a comprehensive teaching on on relational ministry. Th- that question I asked you, the first question is the only question that I will be asking you in this here segment. Okay. You got to explain what relational ministry is. Now you have to teach it through us through this lens. Are you ready? No. Let's start. Okay. The first note I have, all of these, by the way, I wrote these based on a point that you said. Some are easier to figure out, some not so much. First point I wrote down, fish are friends, not food. What does that have to do with relational ministry, Sam? Fish are friends and not food. What does that have to do with relational ministry? Um, Well, obviously, it has to do with (laughs) the fact that you cannot eat fish because if you do, then some youth that really likes fish will think you're a bad person. I think you thought I'd be better at this game. I, I literally have no idea where, you, where you're at. <laughs> I'm glad we're not doing this during Lent. <laughs> fish is bad. <laughs> Dang it, I have nothing to eat on Fridays. You need grilled cheese. <laughs> grilled cheese. I had two grilled cheese for lunch today. Oh. I thought everyone would like to know that. <laughs> You're welcome, world. You're welcome. Fish are friends, not food. It may have had something to do with that at the beginning. How, think about how you started this started this session. The point of relational ministry is getting to know people, correct? Right. So we have to realize that the people that we're in ministry with, we need to be their friends. They're not food. So be in relationship? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, I mean, that was so hard. Okay. You're welcome. I see. Um, here's my next note. Okay. Friendship is choosing one person over the other two billion and saying, I want to spend more time with you. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I meant by that was instead of trying to teach to a massive amount of people 
if like Jesus, I mean, he did take moments where he, you know, spoke to lots of people, but he also took moments where he talked to 12. And then he also took moments where he talked to three and even one-on-one to really pour into those people to really grow in relationship with them. Cause it's a lot harder to do that with 40 people than three. I, is that what you were trying to do? I mean, that's a, it's a good, it's a good start. So no, <laughs> I, I see. So this was, we were talking about definitions of friendship and oh. you actually specifically asked for my answer at work in the middle of this segment, you said, share your answer. And I said, no, AJ's was better. And I, because, simply because I knew we were going to talk about my answer on the radio and I didn't of, want to give it away. Of course. So what were some of the other definitions of friendship that were given today, Samantha Shepard? Adam gave a really long one and I'm not going to be able to say his whole one. Yeah. And then the other one was just like choosing to like fight for that person and choosing to grow in intimacy with someone Kind of. That was kind of the three definitions, I think, in one. It's just choosing someone and like really growing in friendship, really growing in vulnerability and knowing them and being each other's um, like team, like backup cheerleaders almost. I think you talked about in your group sometimes like you were the strong one and then other times like your friend was stronger. And so you kind of switched off of who who was that strong one who was like leading to Jesus and things like that. Yeah, one of your questions was, you know, is who is someone that has been a mentor to you, mm-hmm. like a, a mentor f- friendship? And for me in high school, the one that I thought of first was our, my group of friends. We were leading each other. And it's like, oh, yeah, I was this. I was strong in my faith for strong for a lot of times and helping my friends grow. And then I'd be struggling and they'd be strong in their faith. and They'd help me grow. So like we went back and forth, holding each other accountable, mentoring each other and growing together as a group of friends. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, next one. Pokemon equal sign slash through the equal sign friendship. <laughs> Pokemon does not equal friendship. <laughs> okay, I did I remember saying that one. Um <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't say it quite like that, I don't think. I said uh some relationships start off with just liking similar things. So I said in when you were like young in second grade or something, you might like Pokemon, someone else likes Pokemon, so you become friends. Um but real relationship is taking it a step further. So like as you grow, you might in middle school, well, you're in the same class. I'm in the same class. We're going to study together. So it's a little bit more. But you want to get to a point where you're really being intentional about being someone's friend. It's not just because we're in the same place working on the same thing. It's because I want to bring you closer to God and I want you to bring me closer to God. When I heard that, it hurt my heart because my only friends in junior high were the Pokemon that I was <laughs> raising in my Game Boy. Oh, no. <laughs> I never liked Pokemon, so I don't know why that popped oh, into my head. Get out. You're off the show. <laughs> okay. Remember that time that you took over the show for bonus content and uh, you were trying to run the show and lead that Pokemon game? Yeah, that was so and hard. I came back in and I was like, this is dumb. I it's w- great. You can find that content on patreon.com slash Forte Catholic and go support the show and give. listen to crazy stuff that happens that does not make it onto the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Probably should never be on the radio. Yeah, exactly. All right. Beatitudes! Exclamation point. Got it! Exclamation point. Got it. Um, I know that was one of the passages I had. It was. Uh, one of the groups read. And it was talking about how Jesus talked to the masses and he like spoke truth to all of his people. But Jesus then, went to mass? No. <laughs> and then he took his 12 um, apostles and went and really like poured into them. So we talked about how in youth ministry, that's kind of like a youth night. We talk, but then we go off. 
into small groups or taking those smaller steps to learn more, dive deeper, take it where we bring it to them instead of like, okay, everyone try to understand this. We can bring it either higher for people who understand more or lower for people who don't understand as much. Yeah. So this, this happened in the midst of the, we all went to small groups. We each had a, a, a different passage where it was showing Jesus doing relational ministry. Mm-hmm. And we came back together and started sharing and you set it up as the leader of this, of this uh, session saying, share how you saw Jesus being in relational ministry or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And somebody was about to start sharing and then somebody else in the room said, Oh, and to say what story you said. And I was like, no, dang it. I was really looking forward to playing this game of like them explaining how oh, Jesus is right. relational and not in the story. So then the girl or then the girl said, oh, this is the Beatitudes. And I went, Beatitudes, got it. Like I, I had guessed correctly. I'm very smart. I forgot that part happened. I remember us talking about we should play a game. And I actually thought that would be really fun. Yeah. And then three <laughs> seconds later, you were like, you, you were sharing from your heart and you're like, I don't like to be interrupted. And one of my notes is me interrupting you. <laughs> it's true. That did happen. Uh, here's the next one. Don't delegate to idiots. <laughs> <laughs> what did you mean by that? Again, th- what, this is, what did you mean this by is that? Not, you, these are not <laughs> necessarily quotes from you. That these is are, not This quotes. is my, how I interpreted you saying these things. Don't delegate. Uh, um... You did talk about delegation. Do you remember this? I remember talking about delegation, but I don't remember if that was in my talk today or if it was later. Um, no, it was. Don't delegate, you idiot. Don't that- delegate to idiots. Oh, to idiots. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm guessing that it was about when not putting it off or not doing... So essentially, your it was tasks, like tasks. Do it like, yourself. It was, yeah, it was. It was kind of the whole like I need. I'm going to do everything myself instead of like equipping other people to do relational ministry. Because mm-hmm. like you as a youth minister can reach, I don't know, fifty kids, a hundred kids, seventy five kids, whatever the number is. But if you have a core team, if you have people helping you, if you have ten people helping you, you can reach ten times as many more, right? More people, and that's the same thing Jesus did. Jesus, Jesus is God. And came down and still picked 12 people to help him. <laughs> he like, did. Even God, <laughs> the person of Jesus, needed help to share this message because he knew he was going to die and leave and people needed to to spread the message. It's true. Um, so don't delegate? Don't No, definitely delegate. Just choose wisely who you're delegating to. I understand now. Okay. okay. I was um, like, oh. That you seems... people worship on a mountain! Three exclamation points. You people worship on a mountain. This uh, was in my story. In, oh. in, in, it's a line from the Good Samaritan story, which I didn't realize how funny that passage is until today. Do yourself a favor, friends. Go read the Good Samaritan story while smiling, and it'll be the funniest thing you've ever the read. The Good Samaritan? Sorry, not the Good Samaritan. The Samaritan woman. Woman at the well. Okay. Good okay. Samaritan story is not that funny. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't remember us doing that, and that sounds no, awful. <laughs> the Samaritan woman story. It's hilarious. Good Samaritan's hilarious. Whoops. Okay. The, the woman Samar- at the well. Yeah. And it has to do with you worship on a mountain. Is this when you were talking about Jesus and the Samaritan woman fighting and how funny you think that is? Yeah. They were just like verbally sparring. You know, he, 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 uh, I love how he does it. Cause the famous line is, you know, you don't have, she says she doesn't have a husband. He says, you're right. You don't have one. You have five. And Ooh, burn. Th- my favorite part right in the middle, like that's the middle of the sentence. He said, you are right. 
and then he says that line and says, you speak the truth. Like he patted it like that whole ordeal. It's like if you need to say something negative to somebody, like say a compliment and then a compliment at the end and then the negative <laughs> thing in the middle. It's like, we learned that from Jesus and the good, uh, not the good Samaritan, the Samaritan woman at the well story. We're so off. It's fine. Um, but uh, like, you know, you can't say you people anymore. They say right. it twice. Like. She says, "You people like talking about the Jews," and he says, "You people talking." She's she says, "You people worship on a mountain," and he's like, "You know, soon you will not worship on a mountain or in this place or in Jerusalem. You'll worship in spirit and truth." Blah 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 blah. Right. I just think it's hilarious. They're verbally sparring. Okay. Next one. Don't tell your kids you killed someone. Oh. <laughs> I did I say that? No, this is me interpreting oh, okay. what you said. Okay. I was like, I I. Didn't remember saying that. Um, I think that's what I was talking about. Um, Satan is trying to steal intimacy from each other, like from relationships. So that way we don't share deeply. Um, and then that ties into we want to share with our youth because there are things that we've been through that they might relate to and they might go through. Um, but we don't want to share like deep stuff where it's like inappropriate or weird to share <laughs> with kids. Right. All right. Uh, second to last one, sheeples over peoples. Sheeples over peoples? Oh, is that sheep? Is that what you mean? Uh, this was literally just making fun of you because you had a uh, typo on your oh. slideshow. It said people, P-E-E-P-L-E. I did. I was writing that really fast. All right. And the last one, don't be a ragamuffin. <laughs> oh, yeah. That actually is a direct quote That is. You. <laughs> I did say that. When you're going to school lunches and you're visiting your kids, like hanging out with them, having lunch or whatever, I said, don't dress like a ragamuffin. Don't dress like a ragamuffin. So, yeah, this whole relational ministry idea, and we even talked about it, kind of the game that we played in the first segment, how we have to understand, to understand the the questions that people are actually asking so that we can lead them to Christ. We have to know them. We have to be in relationship with them. Um, so I hope that uh, you aren't a ragamuffin, that you don't delegate to idiots, and that <laughs> you learn something through Sam uh, trying to figure out what she said earlier uh this has been a fun show i want to thank pam marvin for coming on i want to thank jp for his great idea for a segment we will be back next week who am i talking to i'm talking to matt nelson we're going to talk about people not caring about anything it's going to be absolutely fantastic go check us out ForteCatholic.com. You'll find all the social media, past episodes of the show. Go, like, rate, subscribe, share this episode with a friend. Say it! Hey, I hope you enjoyed today's show. One final thing before I head out of here. Uh, we did a long-form interview with my friend Dan about his journey of faith and how it's been different than mine, how him and I are very similar, but how he went from being a devout Catholic to now uh, really struggling with his faith. And we had a, just a discussion about that entire process. It was very open, honest, and raw. It is bonus content on the podcast. You can find it literally right next to the one that you're listening to right now. It's very different from what we normally do. Go check it out. Let me know what you think. And I hope it's a conversation that will help you grow in your faith and how you can live out your faith better to inspire others. Peace.